Look, I can join the unions first. <laughs> yeah, you got to change that, actually. Yeah, for sure. That's got to get changed. That was hard to talk about for the record. You're really laying into me. Hey, man, what are you making? God! Stop! Uh, come on. You know, I got to give you a hard time. You're making a background image right now? Yeah, it's great. Oh, God. I got to sit off to the side. I hate you. I hate you. Can you explain the, the image you went with? So the name Mondraker, if you watch the video of the uh, from the videos that they've been posting, it's uh, based off of a cartoon called Moonraker. Hmm. And so this is the cover of the cartoon. But we wow. have Dak. It's a new look for him. It's wow. Dak's new look. I really always want to call him like the moon donkey, and I definitely should not do that. What's going on, everybody? Happy New Year, and welcome back to Vital MTV's Be Practice Podcast, presented by Maxis Industry <laughs> Nine and Berg. I'm Jason Schroeder, as always, joined by Tanner Stevens and Dakota Norton. What's going on, dudes? Happy New Year. Good to see you. Happy New Year to you as well. It's been a while. Hey, yeah. dudes. <laughs> it has been a while. It's been about a month, which it feels way longer with the holidays and everything else going on. Plus, Tanner and I, we usually see each other, and we haven't. Yeah. yeah. Jason was just traveling, so. We're just digital friends now. We're Going Google Meet friends. Yeah. Yeah. We used to be digital <laughs> friends, and now we're back to that. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. No, it was, uh, I had a busy end of the year with a bunch of travel, and then Christmas, New Year's, and now the New Year's already pretty, pretty hectic for us, but in a good way, like. The site's been kind of slow for anybody that goes on it daily, but a lot of things in the works and stuff happening in the next few months. It's always hectic up until Sea Otter for whatever reason. There's a lot of first quarter things or I don't know. People want to get things turned around before Sea Otter, at least in the U.S., and then kind of doles until we hit summer. So, yeah. What about you guys? How was how was the end of the year? Dax? Want to go first? Yeah, yeah. Let me jump on there. Uh, end of the year. Yeah, I. Uh, what did we do? We talked about last. We were going to work in the machines, and then I flew to Spain for two weeks. Uh, did did the deal there, and then um, cruised back over here, and then I got some sort of a sickness for two more weeks, like COVID or like mm. some something of that sort i didn't get tested for COVID. i just kind of stayed home and hung out and got better but i had some sort of a, a virus for uh, in, uh, literally close to three weeks i i couldn't do anything at all so um yeah not ideal and now just recovered from that and i'm down in florida big moto guy yeah i mean <laughs> i didn't really get like any sort of a vacation after the races and i like went right to work and then uh I just felt like my brain was not functioning anymore and I needed to like get a break, a little, a little bit of a break. I was getting irritable. So, uh, yeah, I'm down at the, I'm just spending a week at the beach. You could say <laughs> the Florida beach sand tracks. <laughs> sand yeah. track guy. Big sand track guy about to put a scoop on. Yeah. <laughs> Look like you're at a San Fran Supercross. Yeah, I. You know what? I I was 
pretty much face down in the beach most of today trying to ride this sand track down here it's been uh it's been rough but yeah just uh it was re getting ready to snow and be really cold back home so we uh i wasn't feeling too great so i used that time to like get some stuff moved around in the van and yeah cruise down here and hang out for a little bit what you got going on tanner um dude i was up north in the bay area for yeah the holidays and then i got back down to oceanside for a total of about six days or five days and then jetted right back up here <laughs> so and then i'm heading back to oceanside uh tonight so gonna be down there for a while hopefully <laughs> but yeah a1 you know had to go to watch some supercross and then yeah ended up going to san francisco too which was kind of a mess but it's good to see some racing especially when we don't have any downhill racing going on right now but yeah, yeah sure. good time you uh Dak, you getting ready for southwick or what yeah I know we got the break this summer so dude dude that would be unreal wouldn't it just like jet out and try to try to qualify for a pro national i got a couple pro ams in the way i need to get get checked off i'm gonna try to get that card but uh no it would be unreal wouldn't it uh yeah we came down here we rode um a bunch of single track on i guess it would have been what monday today's tuesday correct and uh, mm -hmm. yeah, just did some some uh, had a lim limited time. I think for the most part, the majority of the tracks are closed down here during the week, from what I can tell, just because they've been getting so much rain. So when mm -hmm. it rains, everybody, you know, usually goes to Kroom. It's always open. It's like fourteen bucks to ride, and it's twenty six hundred acres of sand, single track, and sand bowls, and it's it's amazing. You know, a lot of top off-road dudes come down here to train and you can just be riding through the woods and there'll be a 10 minute long whooped out woods track and you jump on that for a while and then you you know you ride for a bit find another one you ride that for a bit and it's you know it's great it's uh really enjoyable for me i really love riding the motocross bikes so yeah getting ready for southwick if you will <laughs> i feel like the last few times we talked outside of you hopping on the podcast all you were doing is working on your house and your yard and building moto tracks and pump tracks and all that where did you end up getting and what's the what's the state of the norton compound yeah i got my main moto track done and my pit bike track done and got a pump track done um at my house just kind of getting the training tools so once we and i honestly i haven't even rode i've rode my pit bike track once i didn't even ride my big bike track because of the freeze thaw at home so pretty much just needed to get it done by the time winter got here. I needed to do, like, honestly, I got machines to redo my driveway just because we had a lot of water issues with the watershed from my hill. And then, you know, we're coming and going a lot to get to my garage and load stuff up and trying to, you know, we got RVs coming in and out and bigger trailers and stuff. So I, I needed a better way to get um, stuff in and out, out of my house. So I needed to redo my driveway. We had some water issues. And honestly, I came home from Europe. I was gone for five months, and it was like rain routes across my driveway. You couldn't even pull down to my barn. It was like the whole place was wrecked. It was like five-foot-tall weeds. And, you know, I had a kid that was mowing, like, my front yard, but there was, like, quite a bit to get done. So we did that, and um, and then I moved in. Like, I never got to move, like, my stuff into my house or anything or, like, get any sort of, like, 
or a process for like being organized you know like we're we're trying to get get my barn so we can function it and i have like all these construction tools now that were shoved in a like i literally bought a 40 foot connex c- container and just shoved everything in it and went to europe so it's <laughs> like now i have a connex container in the middle of my front yard so it's like I have saws and drills and stuff that was all in my house because I was it was under construction. I was like, where do I put it? So, um, which is cool when you do all the work yourself, you get to get some sweet tools, which is nice. But at the same time, it's like, I we need like a you know to get a bit more organized. So yeah, I worked on that last week and um, yeah, just trying to get trying to get the home base like a little more dialed in, get a routine for things and. And, and like officially move into our house. Like we still don't have like any pictures on the walls or anything and we're kind of finding our routine. Yeah. How long are you going to hide out in Florida for? When are you going to head back? Uh, it's like supposed to be like the high for like three days was like 28 degrees at home. And so it's like pretty hard to train or do any training. Like you're just going to be on the interval doing, or the trainer doing intervals. So if we can, we try to sneak away for like a week once a month or twice a month just to come down here and and i feel like you you train in the warm and you go to the gym and we ride moto and then you go home and you're like still pretty motivated for two weeks to like two three weeks you can you know kind of get through before it gets pretty monotonous to mm-hmm. you know do a lot of trainer intervals and ride in the mud and ride when it's freezing and it's Did just you, so uh, nice to get away did you bring any bicycles down to Florida? Dude, we we did this. Like, I really want to get a cargo trailer so we can just, like, bring e-bikes and bring the hardtails and bring, you know, dirt bikes and mm. all. But pretty much, like, if we want to be comfortable, like, because we're, we're loading and unloading dirt bikes every day. And if we try to put two bikes back there, too, it, it honestly really sucks. Like, it's, mm. Uh, mm. it's a chore to load and unload the stuff. So maybe until I get, a, like, a cargo trailer, I probably won't bring them we'll just bring dirt bikes usually i mean mm. if anything we'd ride road bikes um and the the florida drivers are pretty sketchy so unless you like know you're gonna have a place to like have a back road to ride bringing that much gear and the amount of just stuff you need to ride that much you know it's it's just too much for it becomes more of a job than it is to like sneak away for five days in the van and have it be like you know not a not a chore mm-hmm. all right tanner where is your background where did it go i deleted it for now i you want you gotta I, put it back up now okay i just wanted to make ah. sure i can put it back up for the big reveal here <laughs> all right while you're putting that back up here we go Please. anybody who read the title of this podcast well aware that we got some big news <laughs> to talk about today our boy dak <laughs> has a new home for 2024 in outer space if you're looking if you're watching this uh Buddy. after two very successful years with intense you're coming off your best world cup season yet and you decide to make the move to mondraker's new factory race team so we gotta hop on people are pretty in tune with your career and your past couple of years due to this podcast and uh yeah man just take us through kind of how everything came together and why you decided to change teams going to 24. Yeah, I got the call um, probably about halfway through the season um, from Christy at Intense and 
she was like, Hey, you know, I don't think we're going to keep going. Um, obviously I, I don't know in a lot of other industries, but for sure the bike industry has um, been in a bit of a rough place. And um, I think, you know, COVID definitely had an effect on that, but they were like, Hey, we're going to, you know, maybe make uh, a change or either not necessarily like step back or not race necessarily at the, the level that they were with Aaron's program. And I think that with that being said, you know, obviously they were able to piece some stuff together now, as we, you guys see in news is intense factory racing is they're going to run that program with Joe Breeden, which is awesome because uh, Joe is such a big fan of intense cycles. Like it was always his dream to ride for intense. So it's really cool to see them be able to put together a program to still be a part of racing. Cause when they originally called, it was like, we're not going to have a race program at all on the world cups. And we put a lot into developing that bike and it's kind of a bummer for sure. Like it's like, we just now got the bike really good and working well and, um, developed two bikes. But the last bike was like, we learned from the first one and so it got a really good platform and I was, you know, racing at the front on the bike and it was like, ah, oh, man, that's a bummer. Um, so then started looking at what my options would be, whether it was, um, to stay on a race program with Aaron and me and Aaron were super transparent of, you know, what I had going on for offers and what, um, he was trying to piece together and, um, where he was at with his program. And I say piece together as in that is building a race program. You have to piece it together. Um, and yeah, it was just, uh, all good. Everything was good. They were like super cool at telling me their plans up front and that they weren't going to have a place for me. And Aaron was super cool. Um, and you know, the opportunity arose, um, for a few programs. Um, but it just really was interesting to see how early Mondraker was trying to put everything together. Like they were like, like, um, just, they weren't trying to like, wait till the last minute and push things off. And it was like, they were really proactive. And I was like, that was really intriguing to me straight away, just of how proactive they were at trying to uh, build their program. And, um, Jorge was great to deal with. Um, and yeah, it just kind of came together that they were pretty interested in having me. And, and that seemed like maybe my best option based upon the program that they were putting together in, you know, the package I was able to, um, build for myself. Yeah. So did they approach you pretty early on or did you kind of seek out or kind of put yeah. feelers out? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I definitely put feelers out and I work with, um, Martin Whiteley. So he was kind of mm -hmm. act as soon as we knew that, cause we were already looking at, you know, what are our options, is it an option to uh, resign with Intense? Um, was it an option to resign with Aaron? And, you know, just what, what are our options, right? And we, we started that pretty early um, just because I didn't want to be in a position like I was the last few years, like especially going into the Intense program, like it was like late. It was super late. And um, obviously I just want to like be proactive and um, mm -hmm. put myself in the best position, not that maybe – like if the intense program was still around, like that would like leaving wasn't necessarily my main priority, but it's like, what are our options and, and what is, 
going to be the best best road for me because I don't want to just continue to jump programs like I haven't and it hasn't even been really that I've been leaving programs it's just we haven't had pro a program to stay with um for a few years so I think your question was if they asked um me early on or not and it was like yeah they reached out pretty early um because you know they were trying to see what their options were and yeah we talked a bit maybe you know back by like Andorra and uh so it's pretty early early on mm -hmm. and and then just um as things went just uh I didn't want to be I guess Martin deals with a lot of things because I don't like want to be thinking about that like oh if I blow it this weekend I'm not gonna my my deal's gonna expire or I won't have any offers or you know mm -hmm. I don't want to be thinking about that stuff I just want to like race my bike when you're looking for a new program and you know you need to start shopping around what do you what are like the main things you're looking for like is it especially after a year like you had is it trying to be paid fairly for where you're at as a racer now is it the whole team package is it how much of it is just making sure they have a bike do you think you can be competitive on yeah for me i think the bike has to be good um and i think that the, the for me the biggest thing i want is the team package i felt like i'm i have a lot of the time been just worried about so many things that aren't racing the bike down the hill and i just want the whole package to like take care of me and so that i can focus a hundred percent on the race i don't want to be thinking about the bike i don't want to be thinking about suspension even though i enjoy it when the time is there to work on suspension i i love it i really do genuinely enjoy ride feel and finding my my best ride feel but i don't want to be worried about ride feel before qualifying at the world cup i just want to only be thinking about racing my bike down the hill i don't want to be thinking about Mm -hmm. a variety of other things how to make the bike faster is not something that i want i want somebody to be there thinking about how to make the bike faster and that's their whole job somebody you know making sure we have what we need um and i just want to focus on the racing side of things because every weekend it seems like i watch the race back and i'm like ah oh, i didn't think of that like how did i not think of that somebody does like a unique line or like set something up well and you're like ah oh, why did i not you know that was a second why did i not even think about it and it's just because i'm thinking about too many other things and i can't only focus on the one thing and then of course yeah you want to be paid fairly like it costs a lot of money to race downhill they expect me to race downhill at a high level and be competitive at the front of the pack um i definitely think a lot of the guys do are able to buy can some convenience but at the same time like it takes money to eat well it takes money to you know, have good trainers, have good mental coaches, um, resources to train, budget to train. It, of course, yeah, I want to get paid fairly because I do take a lot of risk and and I want to take good care of my body. Can you, uh, I don't want you to say how much you're making, but can you say how much more you're getting paid this year versus last year, if it is um, more? I mean, you got to think that I signed, yeah, I definitely don't want to talk about numbers for sure, but you got to think... I signed as maybe I hadn't had a top 10 and I had two world, three world cup podiums, two mm -hmm. world cup podiums. I don't remember, but you know, now I'm, I signed 
as a fill-in ride. So, well, not a fill-in ride, but Aaron like stretched his budget, came so, out of pocket to have me on the program and like made it happen for me, which was incredible. Like I can't thank the dude enough. He like yeah. gave me a good home. I think but, people don't understand is how late you signed with Intense. Like that deal wasn't signed until well into the year that you were racing. Oh, for sure. Yeah, intense. I think it was like January or February. Like I was mowing mm-hmm. my lawn when I signed the Intense deal. Like yeah. I was sitting on my tractor mowing my lawn. Is that 2022 so like, or 2022? Yeah, 22. So yeah. Aaron's like, yeah, dude, I think we can make it work. And, and definitely came out of his own personal bank account to have me on the program, which was incredible. Like he's, mm. he was awesome. Um, and, and definitely made it happen for me. And now I signed, um, before, you know, at the very, when the season was just over, um, as mm. a, 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 a win competitor, a, a dude that can win world cups, top 10 in the overall five, I think it would, I have five podiums now. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm getting into more rare air and, but that's like part of it. You know, I've, I've essentially put everything back into my program and then some to try to get myself there. So it's like, it's a, it's a high risk, high yield investment account for sure. You know, I mean, you're, you're, I'm putting every dollar back in and then some and betting on myself on black to try to make this stuff happen. So, um, yeah, it was definitely better for sure which is cool because it that's just takes stress away and it's just another thing that i don't i don't have to worry about um for sure and it just takes money to compete at the top i mean mm-hmm. it's not like i'm i'm buying supercars and anything i can just i can train i can pay my bills and and then maybe you know I, i'm not exactly investing in my my retirement you know so maybe i could put a little bit of money in a roth ira this year at the end of the year mm-hmm. i love that yeah. for you and then <laughs> uh yeah how many years did you sign for uh two years yep sweet so that's cool that feels um, good and I, I do have an option year on my contract which is cool um if they want to continue and and uh yeah i mean it, it's just exciting to like i said Aaron helped me a ton, but I was in a much different position this year than I was um, at the end of uh, my contract with YT. Yeah. Didn't mean to put you on the spot talking about No, money. I know. It sucks. I hate it, dude. <laughs> but it's people want first. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they do. People want, I mean, you know, you, you, win, you win a World Cup and you, or you, you know, get on the podium in the overall, like you're in another bracket. I'm mm-hmm. not there. Like I am not, I'm not there, but yeah. I am getting to the point close. where I can make a good living racing, racing my bicycle, which is incredible. Like that's, yeah. that's what you, I mean, if you never hear of anyone doing that, there's never going to be a dream for another kid to, you know, go for it and try to make it, you know, and mm-hmm. it's not like motocross where it's like, stacked at the front, but then, you know, there's a lot of dudes that do super well, like the 450 main event guys, you know, they, they, most of them, if they're racing at the front, they're doing really well. I mean, I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not buying a new RV and a, and living at a training center. That's for sure. So I have to like, I have to build my program. I can't just pay to be at Moto Sandbox and go race and have the, the everything I need. Like I have to make that for myself and that costs money. Mm-hmm. It even costs money to be at those training centers. So you yeah. mentioned, uh, 
you know, you've been doing better. You're getting into thin air. You know, you're, you're one of the dudes and you continue to keep proving that was Crazy. that, was it harder to find a spot on a team because of that? It seems like in downhill racing, there's a lot more seats at the table when you're maybe mid pack with the potential versus you're more of a proven racer. We kind of know those names. They stay on teams a lot longer. Was that stressful or difficult to find a team that, you know, could provide for like who you are as a racer now? Yeah, absolutely. It was very difficult. Uh, you got to figure there's maybe 20 factory rides, something like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know the exact number, but let's, let's say there's 20 factory seats. There's 10 seats that are for dudes that can win a world cup. Like, you, there's maybe three factory teams that have two to three top guys. And if those teams aren't hiring, where do like, it's, I think it's honestly harder for a guy like me. And I'm not just saying it's hard for me. Like, I mean, of course, yeah, everybody it. will spin things out of context, but if you, the, the better you're doing, the less seats there are with, let's say budget and resources to race at that level. I do think, mm -hmm. I mean, I think it's it's definitely both ways, but I think if you're trying to get travel and a few bikes and maybe a very small salary, like to pay your trainer and and pay you know some some racing, um, a couple of like training races, I think that is actually easier to find personally than like a a seat on a program that I have a program that I can be competitive with the other five dudes that are winning at the moment. Like there's only so many programs that operate at that level. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Does that, yeah, does that looking, make sense? Yeah. Even the team that you're on, like with Aaron's team, it was a pretty small, like tight knit crew. Well, it, it, to... we, we operated at a high level for mm -hmm. like, as far as like we had a good budget and we stayed at nice places and we ate good food and we, we had everything we needed at the races. Like it was a good mm. program. Like Aaron definitely does not yeah. cheap on like the quality of life at the races because it does make a really big difference for sure. But if you're going to talk about like, like, or Luca and these teams yeah. are doing, like I think common saw three people, does four people on track and three or four people, three. Oh, so let's, let's say a person on track, a physio, someone that cooks food, a team manager, every rider has his own mechanic and they do a test camp a month, all off season or like the preseason. Mm -hmm. Like yep. the difference between the programs that, that do that amount of work and testing and have, let's say an engineer, like what, programs on Mondraker we're, we're lucky enough to have a specific engineer that his job is to focus on making the bike as fast as possible like mm -hmm. I think um Common Saul has uh Arthur is like their main their main engineer um it's Cube has an engineer I believe so it's like what is the level of the race program right and and how do I align myself with a someone that believes in me that they can invest in me and I can win for them, which is like, that's, you know, big shoes to fill for sure. But also at the same time, like 
where do I find a place where I'm going to be happy um, that I have competitive teammates um, that I have the resources to go race and win. That's a hard decision to make because if you make the wrong decision, you, you have, you know, two to three years to, to that's it. Like yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> that's your life. You made your bed. You got to sleep in it. Exactly. A hundred percent. And you, I mean, you look at that with, with F1 racing, you look at that with motocross racing. I mean, mm-hmm. it's you, you bet on what you think is going to help you go to the next level. Yeah. All right. Going down some questions here. You've that was mentioned... hard to talk about for What's the record. That, that was huh? hard to talk about for the record. You're really <laughs> laying into me. Hey, man, what are you making? <laughs> God. Stop. Uh, come on. You know, I got to give you a hard time. Surprise, surprise. We are going with mid episode ad reads this week. If you thought I just forgot to put them at the beginning of the episode, guess again. And on top of that, I actually wrote some fresh ads. So please fight the urge to skip ahead, have a listen, and when you can, support the brands that support the podcast. Thanks. As most of you know, Industry 9 has a reputation for producing quality, top-tier wheels for nearly every cycling discipline. But what you might not know is they offer 11 anodized color options via their custom wheel configurator. Great way to lose track of time. You can choose the color of your hubs and each aluminum spoke to create a truly one-of-a-kind wheel set that you can't get from any other brand. Oh, but wait, there is more. Industry 9 also offers an exciting range of cockpit components, including their premium Irix headset, headset spacers, and A-series stem that comes in a 31.8 and 35mm clamp. It also comes with 30, 40, and 50mm lengths. Just like their wheels, all cockpit components are customizable with the same 11 colors, meaning you could have a gold and silver headset, silver stem spacers, red faceplate, and blue stem body. You know, if you really want to capture just every color of the rainbow. To build your own custom wheels or cockpit setup, make sure to head to industry9.com. That is nine spelled out. UK component brand Birdtech has long designed and developed components for racers and everyday riders alike. They're well known as the cockpit of choice for shredders like Jackson Goldstone, Veronique Sandler, and Josh Bryselin. But if you go on their site and have a look around, you'll find they offer a ton more products. Some standouts include their aluminum penthouse MK5 flat pedals, my personal favorite, the Greg Menard signature bartender grip, anodized UDH hangers and axles, titanium frame bolts, and offset shock bushings. It's kind of like a one-stop shop for all the finer details on your bike that often can be tough to find. A brand built on a passion for the sport and dedicated to the riders who choose to rock their products. Make sure to check out BergTech the next time you want to give your bike some deserving love. You know what's way cheaper than the suspension service your bike desperately needs or less of a hassle than finally replacing those cease frame bearings you said you'd swap after last winter? Slapping on some crispy, fresh Maxxis tires. Doesn't matter if you've got a month-old width that came with some questionable rubber or you're still rolling around on 26-inch wheels like it's 2013, Maxxis has got you covered. The tires of choice for the world's fastest racers, whether they're sponsored by Maxxis or not, you can visit your local shop or favorite online retailer to get the same tread patterns and compounds. All right, uh, I have a question about Aaron because you obviously he really kind of put his neck out for you with intense. And I mean, I think we all know what a great dude he is and, and the program he put together, like I'm bummed to see it not continuing and I don't really know what his plans are. So I'm hopeful we see him racing next year 
with something going on. But you talked a lot in the last two years just about how much he's helped your race program. I just was curious what what you're going to take moving forward, not being on his team, but what he's kind of maybe taught you, you'll apply it moving forward. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think the biggest thing was contentment. Like, he's, he, man, like, maybe preaches isn't the right word, but he's big. Like, um, dude, if you gave it your all, and if, like, I, it was just cool to, like, have a boss that believed in me and have someone that, like, like, when he wasn't racing, he was able to put completely put aside his own frustration to not be out there and just be on the side of the, the corral at the bottom cheering for me. Like, and like before I'd go up, like obviously when he was announcing and stuff, he wasn't around a ton, but he'd come in back. You just don't get beat. at the first split. Just, we just gotta, we can't, we can't give up this time. Like you gotta come out of the gate swinging. Like just go for it. Like that's what know? we've been saying this whole time, by the way. Yeah, thanks. Um, <laughs> but it's just like, just give it your all. And like, if it doesn't go your way, at least you gave it your all. Like, it, and it's just like, as a, it was just good to like get to know, like, as a friend, like, like, as a genuinely good dude. Like, I learned a ton about health and fitness. I turned, uh, learned, honestly, more, the thing I learned the most from Aaron is something that he like racing aside, like he was like big on, on contentment, like just give it your best effort and be happy with that. But like how he operated as a professional in tough situations, both like his self value, like his self, his, the respect he had for himself to just stay calm and like, in really hard situations and, and during hard talks, like he was just so calm in terms of like he didn't he didn't get upset and get worked up. He just like was an absolute savage when it came to like just laying it out there exactly like he's seen it with no emotion. Like 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 not in terms of no emotion as in like he would just disconnect his emotion, but he would just stay like so calm and he could just have tough talks and tough situations so calmly and like genuinely care for you. Like even when I, like I definitely, there was times like where like I got scolded for sure. And, but he could just call me like a man and just tell me exactly in, in a genuine way, exactly how he felt and what he needed and lay it all out there and communicate so well. And I was like, man, like, it, it's like you, I seen how he operates like as a business person and as a person, even in tough situations when he cares about people. And that's the biggest thing as a life lesson I can take from Aaron is just, man, he, he, he's just, he's really, really good human being. And, and he's like, there's a reason he's so successful. And it's like, regardless of his success on the racetrack, like him as a business person or um, his, the relationships and the friendships he has, there's a reason he has those is because he's genuinely a good human being and very, very good to deal with. So aside from the racing, I just like take away a lot away um, from him and how, how just interpersonal relationships how to how to deal with people how to deal with tough situations and have respect for yourself and the people you're dealing with and communicate well to them and that is something i am not 
good at. Like I get upset and I raise my voice and like, I shouldn't do that. Like in tough situations, you just get worked up and it like you, he's just like even keel solid crew. Like, and I want to be more like that for sure. That's the biggest thing I can take away from Aaron. That's sweet. That's cool. I mean, I think all those things are the most valuable when it comes to just how you are as a person and the way you think, because it's kind of a given that Aaron, yourself, you guys are fast bike riders. Like that's, that's the given part. It's putting all those pieces together that usually is mental components that are tough. So, so hard. Yeah. That's the thing that, that bike racing has taught me more than any, like, you don't learn this stuff in college. You don't learn this stuff, you know, through you. I definitely learn it through trial and error and, and you go through life. And, and if you do get some coaching on those things, someone can help you. But like, even like everybody wants to know the nitty gritty details, like how much money is this dude making? Like how many bikes has he got? Uh, how big is his house or like whatever, you know, like when you deal with like people that are not celebrities, but they're like, members of the community that are you know i mean all these dudes that race like danny hart like all you'll want to know all these nitty-gritty details what do they eat what do they do for training like how'd this deal come about and that's cool to like talk about those things like i love hearing about like ricky carmichael like they did this podcast with when we were fast about his switch to honda and him like completely betting on himself and we we love all these things but like the amount of stuff that bike racing has taught me about how to be a better person, how to have good business relationships, how to treat people better, how, like what you can, you know, do to build better relationships. That's all the cool stuff that like I was able to learn and the things I'm grateful about, I'm being on a program with Aaron and like what I've learned, learned in the last couple of years, I couldn't have learned that like in a classroom or through a textbook. Like, that's so cool to get to learn all these things, especially somebody that's like so successful like Aaron or, you know, I hope that at someday I can, I can operate as much of a professional as he does. Yeah. That's sweet. Yeah. I'm dude, saying he's, that uh, has 31 years old, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you're 31 years old. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. Isn't it? <laughs> Tanner's 30 now going yeah. on 23. <laughs> I turned 29 this weekend. So, Shit, our time's Not running up, behind. boys. <laughs> I'm catching up. Yeah. Um, no, nah, dude, that's oh. that's cool to hear about Aaron because I've had the chance to be around him just a little bit over the years, and it's like anything. Once you're around somebody who a lot of people think they know or understand, and then you personally engage with them, like he's, I would say, misunderstood and kind of always has been, just because he's a quieter, calmer dude. But it was, I was stoked when you ended up on his program because I was around him when I was younger and I took a lot of stuff from that. And I was like, this is only going to be beneficial for you because, you know, ever, ever since Tanner and I have known you, you've been fast. It's just putting those pieces together and organizing them in your head that it was hard. It's hard for all of us, you know? So mm-hmm. it was, uh, it was pretty clear to see the impact he had. And it was cool that like, especially last year, you guys like both being on a podium both doing well it's pretty dope yeah yeah it's, it was awesome like rooting and I, it's not gonna like even though we're under we i mean and i'll be fair like if i could it, it wasn't 
really an option for me to stay with Aaron just because of the changes and him. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, like I said, it costs money it, it, to run a four rider team takes a lot of budget. Um, and to have top riders takes a lot of budget. And, um, like when I, I just didn't want to sign, um, later and it, it was like, this option is going to expire, you know? So like, it's like, I have a good option and I just need, need to take it because that's getting me some, something I crave as a person is just, uh, to be, you know, some security. And just cause I hadn't had that in how many years. Right. So, you know, I, I wanted to know early on and just like set my focus and then, and then try to make a run at these next few years. Uh, you know, I had some spark and I wanted to, you know, try to capture that and, and be as prepared as I can and come into the race season with a, um, a hungry, a hungry program. And, and, you know, I think the brand has a lot to prove. And I think, I, I mean, not that I necessarily would say I have a lot to prove. I think, but I just want to win. Like, I don't think I need to prove anything to anyone but myself. Other just, I want to prove to myself I can win. Um, mm-hmm. And that's been yeah. sometimes hard to like believe, you know what I mean? So just align people that are at the same place. They have, they have things to prove. It's a young brand. I mean, they're 25 years old and, and the brand is like from being to the factory and, and going through all that, like they're legit. Like the, the brand is no joke they're super legit. There's a lot of good people. And like, as far as like, and I didn't even, I guess when I signed realize the, the size of the brand, but like when I went to the office, like the day they won Valdesol and went one, two, three at worlds, those three bikes are the only thing in their lobby. Yeah. They have like a couple of shirts and stuff you can buy, but literally the only thing in the lobby is the day they went one, two, three at Valdesol in the kitchen in like in the upper office, like where all the, I guess you could call it like marketing department and all that is like, it's just one, one, the only picture that's on the wall is the ski jump at Valdesol and it's Brooke. And it's the only artwork in the whole company is racing. Like there's a world champs bike sitting in the office of the CEO. And it's the only, the only thing in there. Like it, racing is like in like they say racing is in our DNA, but literally racing is the only thing that that is in the office. Like any like artwork or it's just racing. It's cool. That's it's super cool. It's really cool. Mondrakers, I mean, there's not you don't see them as often in the US. And you know, we have mostly yeah. US listeners and whatever, like People maybe don't feel like they know the brand too well, but their bikes look good. Like all, like their whole product line, I think looks pretty mm-hmm. sleek and fast and quick. And um, but then talking about racing, I mean, last year it was under the MS Mondrager team, and they had like one of the most adjustable prototype bikes with whole new suspension layout, all that stuff. Is that? I mean, kind of maybe shifting gears, talking about the bike. You come off of two years of developing the M1, which is kind of bittersweet because now that it's all ready to go, you move on. But is it reassuring going right back into a program that's like, yeah, we're developing a bike to win races and we're here to like create whatever that looks like for you? Yeah, I think when I went to Intense, it was like, what, like it was no holds bar. How do we make the best bike possible? 
Mm -hmm. And like I've went through two bikes and I've, I've learned a lot in the first week of our team camp. I learned something like about the, the vertical like stresses on the frame and, and like how that I've learned already, but regardless Mm -hmm. of what, what that looks like and how I explain it, I've learned something in the first week of riding the new bike. And, and it's different for sure. Like it's, with their their zero system it's definitely different than what we were chasing at intense and it's not like i at the very i was a part of like the first test and rode all the bikes with aaron and nico when they started the intense program i just like gave feedback on the bikes that we rode and my preferences but that's the cool thing about downhill is like you look at jackson on a santa cruz has won world cups uh, Amari on a common saw of ha- very different suspension platform has won world cups. Like there is multiple ways to skin the cat and get the job done. If so yeah. to speak, like sure. it's everything is always a compromise. And, and now we're coming in to the world cup season from a, with a different, a bike that has the direct opposite strengths maybe as the bike I rode last year. And I still feel like I can confidently do well on it. And if anything, the things that I'm really good at, this bike seems to be good at. So you wanna, that's exciting. You want to go into exciting. some of that? I mean, I just, yeah, I mean, we can, we can talk about yeah. it for sure. Like not sure. like, obviously I was like at the, I think my dog is warm. He's, he's doing three sixties in here. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I got a little distracted. I was making sure he was good. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, that we had a, a decent amount of axle growth and in the intense m1 was like really good at braking and maybe like i chased a lot of things where like because of the axle growth when you hit a corner it would sink into the travel a bit which now i'm riding a bike that you hit a corner and it's like a it doesn't sink into the travel at all if anything it sits high in the travel and then it's um you know doesn't have some of the positive effects that axle growth has so it's just like it's there's so many ways like just like there is fitness training there is like how do we win a world cup like is it me on my dirt bike on a sand track that's going to make me fitter is it me on the trainer doing intervals is it being stronger is it what what how do you piece together if you have anything you can do how do you piece together the program from a fitness aspect to win a world cup it's the same thing like same philosophy for the bike it's like how do we do we do we be faster on all the connector sections do we be faster on rollers and pumping and then manage the bike through the rough or do we make the bike try to be better in the rough but you lose a little bit of time in some of the berms and rollers like where do you make your time up and and I think that that's every rider has strengths. Every bike has strengths, every program, you know, it's, it's just balance in the end of the day. Like for me personally, like there is, you see a lot of high pivots. You see a lot of like modern race bikes with idlers and, and crazy suspension systems. And there's a lot of different, how many different bikes won a world cup last year? I don't know five (laughs) a few yeah a few you know so (laughs) that's all i'm saying is like 
yeah, it's different. We're it's the bike is different than what I was on last year, and that doesn't make it good, bad, or indifferent. It's just finding confidence in what you're riding that you can put it wherever you want on the track, and you know what it's going to do when you hit the bumps and make the time. Well, do what make whatever changes you need to make to make the time on the timer go down. Like, yeah. where are you struggling? Where, where, it, you know, make make the time go down. The timer never lies, and that's what we're trying to do. Sorry that's if that sweet. was confusing, but no, I think that was great. That's cool insight. I mean, I think that's just, probably most people's first question: is mm-hmm. how does it compare? How's the bike compare, especially with intense? and the evolution of the new bike being so documented. So. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I'm, I'm in no, I'm not going to come on and just say, well, this bike's way better than the last one. You know, the Supercross mm-hmm. dudes do that every year. Like they're not <laughs> going to say the bike is better or worse, or you're not going to like shit on what you rode last year. It's mm-hmm. just, the bike is a different suspension program. It's or system. It's better at different things. Yeah, I don't know. Is that going to help me win? I don't. Well, I don't know. That's part of what makes the first World Cup of the season so cool. Sometimes, and just like Supercross, I always relate to Supercross. So if you guys listen to this and don't watch Supercross, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, <laughs> I love motorcycles, and but it's like sometimes you go to the first race of the year at, at you know, like it was Lords for me at Intense, and you know we were scratching our heads, like decent result, but going like whoa, scratching our heads a little bit, and. You know, if you can come away from the first World Cup and be like, oh, that was pretty good. We have some things to improve on. And sometimes it's a fire drill and you're back to you're going somewhere on 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 Tuesday trying to right your wrongs. And that's, you know, you can sometimes spend three months on something and you work so hard and you think you got it all figured out. and You think you're the baddest, fittest dude. And then you get arm pump four corners in and you're at a World Cup in your race run. And you're like, well, this ain't good. <laughs> Well, what, uh, with you switching teams and everything, how to be ready at the first world cup, what has the off season looked like getting on the new bike? Like when did that start? What have you done so far? And then what's the next few months look like getting comfortable and up to speed? Yeah. I mean, we were, um, on the bike super early, like a month ago, um, already did like a test camp just because of it does just because of the amount of time it takes. If we do need to make any like major changes, um, it, it takes time to get these changes made. Like there's a, a grace period of, you know, X amount of weeks to make a major change and get a frame back. So they were like, Mondraker was super proactive and being, you know, when the first world cup is, it was like, Oh, well, we kind of, if we need to, if we want to be able to make a big change and then ride it straight away, we got to like get on it early. So they were really proactive about that. And then, um, yeah, we, uh, we're going to do, unfortunately I've been sick for the last few weeks, but I think we're going to do, um, try to do some preseason racing, which is something I haven't really done a lot of preseason racing in the past. So go down to this race in Guatemala um i'm definitely not prepared and it's hard for me to like check my ego and just like go racing like so unprepared with very little time on the bike but that's kind of the only way to like figure out if the bike's working or not yeah i gotta go to the bathroom i gotta go to the bathroom i can't wait any longer yeah we're pausing can we pause for a minute Yeah, we can pause for where, where's he got, where's he gonna go to the bathroom here i'm gonna go inside Dunkin donuts and get jiggy what do you mean? 
Okay, so we'll see you in a couple minutes is what you're saying. Yeah, you guys can oh, talk man. about whatever you want. I'll be back in five. Okay. I have full-on anxiety when I get done with one of these podcasts that I'm going to get in trouble for something I said. <laughs> okay, we're back. I'm getting Sorry. towards the end of my Mondraker questions. Uh, have, I, have I said anything stupid yet? Are you? Uh, have I stirred up any drama? Am I going to have uh, repercussions in the comments yet? No, not at all. Good? I, I don't read pink bite comments because why would I? But uh, <laughs> at least on Vital's comments, uh, yeah. everything's positive. I think people, good. especially through last year, continue to be more of a fan of just kind of how raw these are and the insight they get into not only a race weekend, but your program. And so people are invested in what you have going on. And as well, like we were talking, if intense was a building program for you, where you are ending up, people are really curious because mm -hmm. now you have the results, you have the speed, you've proven the potential. And so now it's like what, what brand wants to get behind that. And it's, we didn't really talk about it too much, but Mondraker, I think the past 12 years has been sponsoring the MS team. So for them to stop doing that and move their team fully in-house and have a factory program, it's a pretty big deal. I mean, and you're, maybe that's where we can keep this going is you're their head rider. Like who are your teammates? Uh, can we say we, that yet? Cause it's, they're going to well, be released on out. different days. Yeah, but I'm not putting this out. Until... I'm the last rider to be released. Okay. Yeah. So all when right. this comes yeah, out, it'll all be it. live. Yeah. So that was like, I guess you could say, I wouldn't even say that. Like, I think that's the a lot of the misconception, like in the comments is like, oh, like I wasn't paid fairly or like I wasn't, you know, intense was, you know, this or that. Like it was a legit program. Eric, like, I mean, it's Aaron Glenn. He's, He's pretty good at riding a bike. He put together a pretty dang good program. Um, and we had good support and it, it was, you know, it was good. I just, I wasn't the Dakota Norton I am today then, you know, which mm -hmm. is, which is exciting, you know, for me to grow and in my career. And I think I've aligned myself with a great brand that has like, they, they've taken their team back in house and they want to show the capabilities they have as a, as a company. And, you know, they have like, so many resources and and that I had I had no idea. Like I was blown away at like when I went to the headquarters at you know their the program that they run. Let's call it their program as a business. It's like incredible. Like mm -hmm. their paint shop is unreal, and they want to show that like you know what what they have the capabilities to do, and they're doing that with this prototype and with the program they're building. So it's, I guess that, what, what are we segueing into here is uh, our teammates. Um, I have Brian Pinkerton, another American rider. And uh, you, as you can see, out of two of three riders are American. Um, I think that shows the push that they're looking to make, kind of putting their money where their mouth is in terms of entering um, the American market, which I think, they're going to do a great job of personally from what I've seen with the operation they run currently and uh, Ronan Dunn, who is like absolutely crazy fast and has shown a ton of potential and is really has a really good energy and is a really like fun rider to, to have around. And honestly, like I've always given Ryan Pinkerton 
kind of a, a hard time and don't tell anyone don't nobody tell him that I dare say that I was very surprised with Ryan Pickerton at team camp, his level of maturity. And I always just thought he, he like gets this like goofy laugh that like he has this, this complete goofy laugh and you think he's just messing around. And, and I've just haven't been around him in a few years and he's like matured a ton as a kid. And he's, he was great to be around and really the, the team of people that they've put together is, awesome from what i can tell and from what time we spent together everybody's got along great we have a, a bunch of really good personalities that mesh well together and yeah i think it's going to be really fun good group of dudes old Just stinky don't, pinky don't let pinky know that dak's talking highly of him don't, yeah, nobody don't tell him nobody tell ryan that i Mainly, thought he was he was all nobody right. tell lopes don't let Lopes get get word of this. <laughs> no, they two good oh. kids. Like, and that's the thing. Like, we were at team camp, and they were just kids, you know, riffing, mm -hmm. like doing race laps. And I was that I was riding in the back. I was the slowest <laughs> dude at the whole team camp. I was like, "Go ahead, kids, go, just go." I mean, I'm like, I like dude. to think as like I'm gonna get older. I'm more of like a gamer. I like show up when I need to. <laughs> but I just really don't want to ride that fast all the time. Dude, both those dudes I'd are wide 100, open. 100% or nothing. Yeah. They're race runs. No rev limiter. Yeah. I pulled off one one lap. I was like, how fast are they going? And I watched them both go to this section. I was just like, oh my. I got to go. I got to get going. I got to go. I am not going through here like they are. That's for sure. It was funny. The engineers were like, I think they're riding a different speed than you. <laughs> <laughs> you're like clearly <laughs> yeah <laughs> for sure i'm chilling <laughs> that's not just a thought that's a fact <laughs> yeah yeah that's i'll be the first one to tell you how much i'm using the brakes <laughs> oh that's pretty funny yeah, i got i got a question for you mondraker when they developed their last sum of downhill bike did it in aluminum and like mm -hmm. hyped up aluminum and then like six months later launched the carbon model and there was just some there is there is speculation debate around what the hell that was if it was just marketing or whatever but you've been riding an aluminum bike the past two years would this is kind of broad and open but like you guys are testing a bike that's aluminum mm -hmm. if it goes to carbon like do you want to stay on aluminum like what's your thought on the the ride quality difference in those materials. I don't know. Depends on if they do it right or not, right? <laughs> I mean, carbon can be awesome. It yeah. can also be terrible. <laughs> I guess that's true. If anybody's mm. asking me anytime soon if I want to run 35 mil carbon bars, that's going to be a big no. <laughs> you mean a, a light rod? Yeah, like just hey, you want to put a piece of rebar through there? No, it's different. It's all what these are you talking about. They have compliance built into the layup nowadays. I know uh, that's what they tell you. Well, yeah, let me tell you. Good point. All right. <laughs> I mean, I know a lot of the open, things. A lot of the things you, you see on the internet are buzzwords that are really good for marketing. Let me tell you. A lot. You tell I, something I, somehow. Well, you know, I have learned a lot about stiffness recently um, and how 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 much stiffness 
can help. I always thought you wanted the bike to be as compliant as possible. And then we put some plates in this Mondraker in a couple of places that would help it vertically. And I had to eat my words. I was like, yeah, no, we don't need to make it any, like, like just make it like noodly, you know, compliant. And we put a couple of brackets in there and it was like, whoa, like this thing is way better. And it was mm-hmm. like, hmm. I had to like go back to the drawing board a little bit on my brain of how things, you know, structurally so, things work. Have you, uh, have you tried drop bars yet? I'm not dropping. No, no drop. No, we got no, Eli that was my John next Tomac question. Out here. <laughs> that was my next question is what stack are we running? Where's stack attack at on, on the Mondi? We stacked up, boy. <laughs> it was funny. There, were, I was like, we, uh, I was like, I need, I was like asking them about 50 mil rise bars. I, mean, I thought I was, I was kind of a laugh. And then they didn't want to use my bike for any of the photos for the, for the launch because my bars look so ridiculous. Cause I, they had like a minus 45 minus 10 stem. And I was like, and I had like, wait, eight, minus. Well, yeah. It was like a 10 mil drop stem or a flat stem. And then it was yeah. like, we oh, had okay. like, 80 millisacers <laughs> to make it high enough and i'm like we got to do something they're like we need to make you something so this doesn't look so ridiculous <laughs> i'm the glad crossbar. they're doing it holy cow yes awesome. get the crossbar get the pad if you so go much over room for 50, branding if you go over 50 mils like then we're ta- talking about compliance here we're gonna need the crossbar you're gonna need to add some stiffness mm-hmm. in there i mean the bike already has little removable you know plates you put for flex mm-hmm. just have them make you a few different crossbar materials and thicknesses <laughs> and all that you're on to something i'm gonna tell you that underneath the bar pad on my 450 that that crossbar is cut in half <laughs> and taped back together underneath the crossbar we want it compliant <laughs> not faster Stiffer um. makes my teeth hurt <laughs> are you still with renthal uh nope we're gonna run their in-house uh okay. handlebar stem combo which is mm. pretty cool that they have the capabilities to do so, so they can they, make you 50s they have the capability to make the 50s <laughs> i'm just saying like you have the power i'm just i'm just saying i i'm trying to i'm trying to get some 50s <laughs> well once you get the dak norton signature stack attack 50 mil rise bars stack i'll take 50s. a pair i'll take a pair for my dirt jumper Heck yeah! Actually, I've That's written, I've written I like. fifty mil rise bars on a trail bike before that had a, you, a lower stack. It was fine. Didn't you ro- work for a company that made an eighty mil rise bar at one point in time? I did. Deity still makes eighty mil rise yep. bars. Is it? Com- were they compliant? Did you enjoy them? Yeah, I mean, I never rode them on. I only rode. I've only ever ridden their fifty, and it was on a dirt jumper mostly. Mm. Mm-hmm. but i run they make it in a 35 bore now and that on a dirt jumper a it doesn't look yeah. as ridiculous which is probably the main reason i run it but it feels good it's stiff like not like in a bad way but yeah we gotta we gotta change your cockpit setup because i don't know maybe you'd have more fans if it didn't look so stupid well i think the problem was <laughs> the, the like head tubes on bikes nowadays are like yeah 10 mils i mm-hmm. i keep telling people we need more stack height and yeah i they just mm-hmm. they don't agree you know I just, in just, well, i did an article more stack. 
I did an article at the start of this year called what's in what's out. And that was, I forget, I put it in what's in being hopeful is that was higher stacks on frames, but mostly on like larges and XLs mm -hmm. like mediums and most brands are like pretty optimized for like all of the geo is pretty good. But dude, as reach goes up stack, like barely goes up in most bikes. And then you get all these, tall lanky humans that are running your setup a bunch of spacers and bars to to compromise because they've figured it out well it's because that's your only option but yeah. if you just made the bike taller first put a big old head tube on her big old gooseneck big old gooseneck on the yeah. rig yeah. i tell you these 998s on my on my uh ktm are great they're awesome i really enjoy them <laughs> What's Full. the clamping diameter of a motorcycle handlebar? It won't fit. Okay. I don't know. So <laughs> it would be really cool if you just it made that happen. Fit. Yeah. Well, um, you know, maybe someday. Yeah. All right. Let's let's keep wrapping um, this up here. Yeah, I think you had a question on there about yeah, sponsors. Mm -hmm. Oh, sponsors. you're really gonna get me going now, aren't you? What do you mean? You're just I don't get me. We into got you me. here. We I'm gotta gonna get, make the most of this time. Yeah, Hold on. Get, let's you're get me in. I think it's very clear. This is promoting your new team and you. We're <laughs> doing a whole cast <laughs> giving you love. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm going to be, let's see here. Uh team sponsors. Um I'm gonna be You want to open here? the tab for you? I can read them off to you. No, I know them. I know them well. I got this. Okay. Uh, okay. You got a pit one with you? <laughs> write it on the inside of the goggles with the tinted lens. Uh, <laughs> we're going to be wearing Alpine Stars gear, which I'm pretty excited about. That'll be, um, it's been a few years since I worked with those guys, and I think that'll be awesome. Um, I have my personal sponsors. I'm going to be wearing 100% goggles. I'm going to be wearing 510 shoes, uh, running. Yoshimura pedals, which will be super cool. Uh, flat pedals. What about guy. what about five ten impact Sam Hills and Yosh exhaust high rise bars and flat pedals guy now, buddy. Uh, Wait, no, I'm there's no way you're racing with flat pedals. <laughs> <laughs> you're not just gonna breeze past this, dude. Flat pedals win medals. Yeah. yeah, for Sam Hill. Yeah. Well, and hey, Dakota Norton. Apparently Dakota Norton too, buddy. So Yoshimura is uh, clearly making clip pedals. We'll see them uh, at the Cup. And what we're going to be doing is uh, running Shimano, which will be cool. Um, I started my career on Shimano, which will be very exciting. Uh, we're going to run the E13 wheels that we worked a bit uh, on last year. Um, we're going to run their in-house in uh, bar and stem. We're going to be, yeah, I think um, maybe working with Ergon on grips. We got a couple things we're still still sorting through. Max's tires, which will be exciting, and uh, yeah, that's the best deal. one. Maxis is the best one because this is the B Practice <laughs> Podcast presented by Maxis Bergtag and Industry Nine, which means we can come up with a new plug somehow. And we yeah, can talk I, tires now. Now the make or break section. Yeah, That's I'm gonna me. get that. We'll get a stamp made, and you can stamp it on your forehead. The Max is make or break section. B R A K E, break. 
Um, and then, seems like a seems like a good setup. Yeah, yeah. They fox I suspension. So. Yeah, fox suspension. Yeah. Yep. It's nice. I think it's, yeah, I think it's really good. We have really good quality components um, all the way through the bike, and yeah, we're gonna be looking good. It's gonna be riding good. I'm excited. So you've ridden most of the sponsors in the past. Like you've ridden for most of them, right? Yeah, yeah. it's all all, all similar, similar similar stuff so nothing 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 crazy and um proven proven winning components yeah, yeah. that'll be sick if only shimano would just come out with new saint now because that i'm pretty sure sweet. saint is like over a decade old now which is years. insane shows yeah. you how good it was when it launched it's kind of stood the test of time uh yeah sweet stoked yeah i mean and then mechanic mm. mechanic yeah um unfortunately um i'm super bummed about this uh no no james next year um he's got a really 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 awesome gig lined up though um maybe we can circle back and work together again in the future we kind of had like a glory days working together there for a few um with that program it just allowed me to have um an american mechanic and uh ernie's gonna range for me this year which will be exciting he's he's awesome he's the bull. super cool i got the bull baby and he's he rides uh frequently he's a really good rider um so i don't i can't say too much on his mechanic and it seems good so far so we'll see um <laughs> just with the amount of time it looks like i'll be spending in europe it just is best if we have um a european mechanic because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm gonna have to start working on my Spanish. Mm. Yeah. Well, see. It, see. <laughs> it is good that you have a mechanic who's worked for American riders. For most people that don't know, Ernie was Charlie Harrison's mechanic. Nick Nestroff worked for Intense um, back when it was before the Aaron program. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that'll be so, good. Well, and is he has he been attached or working with mondraker in the past or like how how did that all come about ending up with him as your mechanic he lives in barcelona so he's 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 spanish and he's yeah. and a lot of the the testing we're going to be doing is in spain and then he will be i will be spending oh a, a large amount of my time overseas i believe this year um as much as i can so um, it just makes sense that if he's, you know, he rides a lot and if he's going to be like staying overseas, he'll be over there for the whole, you know, the whole deal. And, and then he can help at the office and stuff as well. So just kind of works, works well for the, the, the brand. I mean, obviously it takes, it takes staff to, to keep these programs running, you know, there's a lot that goes on away from the races behind the scenes that you don't normally see. Yep. Yeah. Well, heck yeah, man. I think that anything else we, you want to talk, you want to touch on with the new program or no, I, I just think it's, um, I'm just excited, Ben. I mean, we had a, a great time at intense. I learned a ton. Um, obviously, you know, was definitely some changes and, um, just kind of, I'm, I'm just happy that it worked out that I was able to sign, um, and just kind of, you know, be, be early with things and, and not have to stress about it and just 
put my best foot forward to be the best version of myself next year. And, you know, you always have so many questions in your mind of, am I making the right decision? Is this going to work out for me? Is it not? Am I doing the right training? Yeah, just to put yourself around people that are hungry and that their primary focus is winning World Cups is exciting. Like, it's just one box to check, like, what is the primary focus here? Racing, winning, cool. Yep, got it. And then it's, you know, you can check that box. And that's that's exciting. I'm stoked. Stoked for you. It's going to be going to be an exciting two years maybe three maybe, maybe three. three i don't know it depends we if we rail it might be might be three <laughs> we'll or see. longer like is or longer a possibility yeah i think i think or okay. longer is a possibility yeah for cool. sure i mean we'll we'll see obviously if i i don't know it depends on how many times i fumble the football <laughs> we can we can keep the visor attached and keep it pointed downhill and it's going fast i think okay do we have screws on the visor with this one does the new helmet have screws on the visor because we have seen the no visor run from a dakota norton in the past i've seen i've i have nothing to say there's nothing to say. I'm just going to shut my mouth while I'm ahead. I'm hoping that the visor stays attached, correct? I mean, I'm. it has so far. It looks good so far. Okay. It's good to hear. Uh, hopefully no cue ball situations next year. No Loic at Snowshoe last year. Yeah, no, no peakless Dude, survival it's so, lab. It's so bad. It's so bad when it's it's the worst. You know what's the worst? <laughs> I I'm gonna tell this story. It's pretty funny. World, it was Fort William, I believe, and I fully tomahawked. I mean, I don't even remember what race it was. Tomahawked myself. I got down to the bottom, rode through the finish crowd, and I was just sitting there like in disbelief, watching the TV with my helmet still on. And George Brandon, Granny looks at me, looks away, looks back again, and goes, "Mate." You know you have no peak, right? And I was like, ah! <laughs> completely came. I just, I lost it. I was just sitting there oh. in the finish crowd with no visor. Just... I'm surprised at this point we don't have races like, like MSA or Fort William where you have long motorway stretches that dudes aren't reaching up and like instead of pulling a tear off, Punching yeah, they're it. just whipping peaks Punching off. Punching their riser off looking like Hunter Lawrence. <laughs> oh mm -hmm. my gosh. Speaking of aerodynamics, round one of Supercross, Christian Craig, one piece Fox kit. Would you, would you wear that? Dakota. If Alpine no. Star was like, if it was legal, because it's illegal this. right now, because you have to wear a two piece kit. It's true. But what if they just zip together? At no point. Is that you not know a loophole? what? If I get beat because I'm not in a one piece skin suit with no visor on, but it's not a skin suit. So be it. Oh, that's right. Do it for the culture. I'd wear it. It's. I mean, my gear <laughs> is tight. What do you pajamas? <laughs> mm -hmm. Dude, it's. It's got a built-in chest protector. It's like uh, things pretty neat. Remember, like the old Moto jerseys with the the built-in little of course elbow pads. So practical. They never worked. So like <laughs> we didn't learn anything here. 
Listen, uh, that on the other that on the other hand, if I could not wear any elbow pads and have elbow pads, that I'm into. Mm-hmm. That I yeah. would be into. Oh, mandatory elbow pads this weekend? Put my elbow pad jersey on. Al- Alpine Stars got some some street moto gear yeah. that they could probably mod and get you a tight fitting jersey that's got the pads in them. Hold on. Stop. You stop it. When are people right going to start wearing leathers at urban races? Oh. I hadn't yeah, thought so about we're, that. We're getting Guan some. <laughs> what? <laughs> if, if I see him losing the rear on Instagram one more time and landing on the curb, that dude needs a blow up ripcord yeah. he can pull. <laughs> a blow up ripcord. Um, have you talked to Mondraker? Or I guess this is more of an Alpine Star question about the potential of you racing in shorts next year. I love how you smile when you say that. <laughs> You're like a little kid in a candy store. Like, you think uh, maybe you could race in shorts next year? <laughs> um, you know, I don't. Maybe. Well, what about Guatemala? Mm. And maybe, maybe, maybe do it in Guatemala here. Shorts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm just afraid for my knees. Like about the time they you make hit a the ground, beautiful knee and shin pad. Yeah, Ooh. but they they become ankle pads as soon as you hit the ground. <laughs> what? No, dude, the the Alpine Stars ones are pretty sick. Yeah, old Greg used to wear them back in the day. Again, just like a crossbar pad, so much room for potential marketing branding opportunities mm-hmm. on the knee shin pad. How many vital stickers can we put on the white knee shin pad? Not enough. Let me tell you, <laughs> not nearly enough. <laughs> we need we need like uh the vital like uh. You know when you like dip things in the in the tank, Ooh, and the sticker dip? goes around it thing. No, mm. this thing I'm talking about is like the wrap. Like they put it, they float yeah. it on water, and then you mm-hmm. push it through it. Yeah, that's what we need. We need the vital on the knee shinnies. I'll get you. Uh, we right. got to get you some stickers for sure. Sticker Come pack. On. Come on, just a Spons- little one. Sponsored. Um, how about that shirt that Spomer was wearing? <laughs> I know. I. Don't want to keep bringing up this dead horse of us making merch, but Spomer just like went haywire and made a bunch of shirts for himself, kind of. <laughs> but he took, I don't know if you saw it, Dakota, but he took the photo of us three sitting at Ben and Jerry's in like 2016 or 17. Put it on his shirt. <laughs> and he just printed, it's just our faces on the shirt, but he put like a filter over it where it looks kind of Polaroid esque, yeah. like a little white border, and it just says, be practice podcast on the bottom corner with the little vital logo in the other corner. And if you watch the video he put out with Nico today, going over all things frameworks and angel joining the team, he has one. That's the uh, it's Jack's knuckles that say Brooklyn on it. It's like that photo. And then it just says vital underneath it. It's pretty, that's sick. pretty sick. Dang. Actually. Uh, he was supposed to send me some and I don't really know what his plan is he just wants to like be the cool brand that makes shirts and then we like give them out here or there i'm like nah we got to make some money like come on <laughs> Guys, people will we, buy this shit. we need to get some world cups here this year jason yeah i'm to- i'm actually working on it there's a pretty good chance i'll be at leger don't so. even don't don't you don't tease me. It's currently January 16th. There are so many days between now and then and a lot there of planning There are so to many had. excuses you can make of why you're not going to be there. No, I, I'm trying to like go to Europe for like a month and just really? work from Europe. 
Yeah, that why would be not? awesome. Yeah, why Take this wouldn't opportunity. You? I work remote. Be way cooler if you did. You're telling me <laughs> it would be way cooler if I did. Are you, uh, Dakota? You plan on spending a lot of time in Leger again, or in Morzine? That's the goal. Yep. Just that buy is a house the there. spot, dude. Yeah, you know, it's, I'm assuming it's really one expensive here, there. one there. Yeah, it's pretty expensive. Let's judge how much Dak makes based off where he's purchasing. <laughs> what he yeah, buys where could you year? potentially buy your second home? Florida. 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 Oh, yeah. all right. Right I'm next to Dade City. <laughs> I'm like, how far west in the U.S. can you go to buy a house? Dude, not where you guys live. <laughs> you, can't ra- yeah, yeah. You, can't, you can't race bikes and live there. No. You're crazy. You can't do nothing. I'm currently no. podcasting from my, my one bedroom here that's also my garage. I think they, like I seen the other day, it's like if you make under 150 grand in San Francisco, you're in poverty or something. Like You could Dude, live like had... a king in Oliver Springs. You could have two houses. Uh, all right. Should we should we touch on anything, team rumors? I feel like we've been going for a minute. Um, we could touch on the the biggest. Here's one. what we're gonna talk touch on. Who knew that Tebow was going to Canyon? That was that, not that on was, my 2024 team rumors bingo sheet. And who's nope. going to who's going to Common Soul? Oh, well. Yeah, I mean, I, I would speculate it's, it's Dylan, but I don't know that for sure. I can't say anything. I was, I was there shooting videos. So, <laughs> well, what were you shooting later. videos of, Tanner? <laughs> Is this gonna be the first time I actually have to cut something from the podcast? I can't say anything. All right. Well, I don't know anything. You didn't say. I don't anything. either. I think I'm excited. I'm excited for good. this this one. I'm excited for this one to come. Um, see who goes where. That's going to be no, exciting. One thing, um, what's going to happen with Cami with the Dorval team? That is. Is it been official biggest... that team folded? Because wasn't it? It was like speculated that that team was going under. Yeah, I don't know. I actually I asked, don't know. I, I don't asked, know either. There's, there's so many problems to keep up on. Yeah. I'm not. Be I'm cool. Not be cool, say. Be cool said he was G- he was gravy baby. He's it was G'd all up. G. All it right. was all Jeezy. Hmm. All right. No, I think uh, yes. Tebow going to Canyon, surprising. Greg leaving Syndicate for Norco, also surprising. surprising but it kind of makes was, sense. Oh, kind of. That he'd be leaving Santa Cruz at least in my yeah, eyes. That makes does sense. not make sense. That doesn't make sense to me either. After Roscop left, after they Roscop was forced out. It yeah, was but. Like, it kind of like the change syndicate. Yeah, the changing of the guards kind of thing makes my eyes make sense from because yeah. the team was changing from when Morris and Luca were on it, and then Kathy's out, and then Ross got forced out, and then it's a completely different team now. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, Marshy gone. Yeah, like it's Dougie Fresh gone. I just feel like we'll never truly know what happened in a way because because that's just something like that. There's like too much. I don't know. You listen to the video podcast Spomer did with Greg about mm-hmm. changing teams, and I just kind of tuned it all out because it's there's not a whole lot of depth or like 
transparency and why things changed. And so on one hand, why would Santa Cruz ever want to let Greg go? You know, like he's, he is so much of that brand. And I think that like he made it sound like he walked into a room full of lawyers and had to like fight for his right to stay there sort of a thing. And who knows? I just, I'm like, I don't know. I don't really, it seems like I agree them changing personnel. He just, the vibes weren't right. You know, Mm -hmm. not seeing eye to eye. And that's a super long relationship. I mean, 16 years, no matter what it is you're talking about, just being with the same same family, same group of people. It's a lot. So, yeah. But Norco, yeah. Norco's surprising. It sounded like there was somebody that uh, was at Oakley that's now yeah. at Norco. I forget mm-hmm. the, the girl's name, but that sounds like one of the main factors contributing to Greg going to Norco. And then as well, I mean, Norco is maybe a sleeper brand to a lot of people with a lot of energy put into racing. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have that whole bike last year they've been developing. It'll be interesting. It sounded like a uh, Kirk had a little bit of like kind of persuasion in there as well. Like having Kirk McDowell like, racing and being engineer, mm-hmm. also racer. Yeah. Like, kind of like a Kieran situation mm-hmm. that Santa, Santa Cruz had going for a long time. So yeah, no, I'm sure. I mean, that matched with it sounds like Greg planned to retire last year. Mm-hmm. Now he's like, I want to race another year, but sounds like this will be the last year. But he signed up for something at Norco that takes him past his racing career. It's and honestly something I, to him. I didn't expect from him is like wanting to stay in as a coach development kind of they mentor role. Those big bucks apparently. Dude. yeah i would i would that is one contract where you're like how is this structured does he have part ownership does mm-hmm. like because that's got to be a big contract is yeah. greg menar cycles now a norco dealer probably <laughs> yeah uh, Crazy. um Zach, yeah. i got a question for you um racing related with the new Hardline series, would you have any interest in doing some of those? Yeah, for sure. I absolutely would. That'd be great. Yeah, just wondering, because they're supposed to have three of them, right? Or is it just... Yeah, three mm-hmm. of them. Dang. I think you have to be in a place where, like, to push the limits and boundaries of the sport of downhill, everything has to be in line. And maybe... There's like races in the past I've wanted to do that I couldn't do. Um, and sometimes it's just like if you're s- testing new products and, and you just and things aren't really proven, you can't exactly go jump 100 foot on a downhill bike. So, um, in the future, like if, if everything is like very in line and dialed in, yeah, I would love to do them for sure. Um, yeah. but I don't think you can really be testing things even no matter what like in jumping yeah. stuff that big and and it's not it's not if it goes well it's if it doesn't go well <laughs> then <laughs> you're in a you're in a heap and in at the end of the day like my my goals and and uh, yeah if you land perfectly centered in the landing and everything's beautiful and <laughs> it's mm-hmm. all good but you tag a hundred foot double and <laughs> things might blow apart you know so 
<laughs> and if your goal is to race the World Cups and be be successful yeah. there, it, you don't need to be playing. You if you play stupid games, you may win stupid prizes. So true. It's true. At some point in time, I would love to do that. Um, and if everything's in line, I think it would be great. I mean, I jump. I mean, it's not like I'm afraid to jump that yeah, stuff. I no. jump big stuff on a dirt bike all the time. Mm-hmm. So it's not. It's just. You know that stuff's gnarly. <laughs> you gotta have all your ducks in a row. Yeah, I just wanted to see like how you felt because I think a lot of a lot of people on the outside are like, "Hardline's a new World Cup," or like, "That's where the sport's going." And I have not, 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 not necessarily. I'm not so, yeah. I mean, yeah, it'd be great. Like, it would be really cool if that was. But I mean, at some point in time, if you're going to be race the World Cups and then you're going to race domestic, do some domestic racing, and then you're going to do now these hard slide races, it's logistically yeah. just too challenging because you travel too much distance. It's not like you can mm-hmm. jump on a plane and and, and, and there he jump goes out of the conversation. <laughs> it's not like you can just keep good connection outside of a Dunkin' Donut somewhere in Florida. <laughs> All right, I can't thank Dakota on the video right now because he's not here but that was cool to hear i'm excited for the next year and uh i don't know we'll get back on and do one of these sooner than later there's not a whole lot going on this time of year it's pretty calm i mean maybe once a few more rider team announcements come out we can do more of a wrap-up of where everybody landed going into the season Mm -hmm. um then yeah other than that it'd be cool to hear how Dakota gets along with the new bike as he spends more time on it. Yeah. So, thank you. all right. Well, thank you everybody for tuning in. Be practice podcast. Thank you as always to our sponsors, Max's Bergtech and industry nine. I'm actually pretty stoked that they're sticking around with us for another year. And uh, we'll see you when we see you. Peace.